On tonight's episode of the podcast, we continue our expose into successful mindsets. This is a huge goal for us starting the year off in 2023. We want to provide you guys with value. So if you are finding these valuable, please leave us some feedback at our Gmail account, howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by the fearless co-host himself, Sean Bennett. We are here tonight to bring you some more exciting content to start off this new year, 2023. If you haven't heard from us, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the platform, How To Hobby Boys, ready to bring you some joys. And tonight, we're going to be walking through, like we said we would do, how to set up successful mindsets. Last week, we went through mindfulness and the art of mindfulness, what it meant to just think, take time for yourself, and how we do that effectively every single week. But tonight, we're going to get into how we take it to the next level, like we always do, with setting up and giving you our keys to successful mindsets. And we do these things through hobbies and various forms that we'll dive into later in the show. But Sean, good evening and welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing doing really good. Good evening to yourself. Uh, my birthday is only a couple of days away, so I'm in really good spirits right now. Uh, and I'm I'm just I'm feeling good. I'm feel I went to the library today. Uh, what? I've been, I know I've been really pushing the library. Local libraries really hard. Uh, because I'm a reader. Right. I, I burn through books. I mean, I read a book, a whole book yesterday alone. What? Um, what? Yeah. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait. Before you go any further, I want to hear the takeaways because you were reading the last time we talked about you digesting books. You were about to finish the Jack Carr. Yep. Uh, Was it the fourth book? It was the fifth book. So fifth I, book. yeah, so I finished Jack Carr fifth book. His sixth book I've pre-ordered, but it doesn't come out until May of 2023. So I needed oh, to find something else to fill my time. And Jack Carr actually has a book club with a couple of books. And so I was looking through there to see what his recommendations are. And I found a book called The Spy Who Came for Christmas written by David Morrell. And I was like, okay, this sounds kind of interesting. And then I started looking in David Morrell War, and Jack Carr had said that David Morrell is a inspiration to him, and he's a good friend. So I went back and I figured out who in the world is David Morrell. Turns out David Morrell is a huge author. Uh, he's written something like thirty or forty different books. He loves the spy craft action thriller series. He's actually the one who wrote the book First Blood that Rambo was based on. So he he wrote the whole Rambo series, and then they made the movies out of the books. And he's got a bunch of other series that he does. So I'm working through uh, the Brotherhood of the Rose series. I finished that. I got the second book today. I read The Spy Who Came for Christmas. Um, I'm just trying to crank through books. And I found out that all of the local libraries in San Diego have most of his books. And so instead of buying them and spending a lot of money since I'm currently unemployed, uh, I've decided to actually use, use my local free resource and got a library yes. card. And, and I've just been cranking through books. And with their online website, you don't even have to go to the libraries anymore if you don't want to. You can go on their website, look at the whole database. And then so I want to yeah. pick this book up at the ranch bernardo library and then i just drive up there pick it up drive home well, or i want to pick it up at the claremont library whatever it is you can just pick it up it's awesome 
that's one of the things we miss about San Diego because we were, I, I'm surprised you haven't been doing it, honestly, because it is the most amazing network. I mean, mm-hmm. there was every time you looked for a book, you had, I think they have to have across the county 18 branches or 20 branches. I mean, it's yep. unbelievable. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not only just a great free resource, it feels like you should be paying to have it. That's how good it is. I, I 100% agree. I cannot believe it's free. And I mean, even today, I picked up my book and I was walking on my way out and happened to look over and, you know, it's the Dewey Decimal System. And so it said like 610 was this, 620 was this, 630 was this. 620 is the engineering section. And so I just went, I was like, okay, I'll just go see what kind of engineering books they have. Uh-huh. They have everything from MATLAB, SolidWorks, all of the electronics, electrical engineering books, all the way to military weapons, military aircraft, planes, jets, what? bridges, uh, how to build, uh, how to wire your whole house, or, you know, home wiring for dummies and crazy books that I'm sitting here going to myself, you know, I'm somebody who likes personal projects. That's almost pretty much a hobby of mine. How many books are out there that I had no idea exist that I could absolutely just get for free? You know, I mean, the maybe there's one on rebuilding air compressors. You know, we'll yeah. talk about that a little later tonight. But I had a little uh, fumble, but like maybe there's a book <laughs> out there. Like, it's crazy to think about how many of those free resources I'm not even thinking of using. So I'm glad I've gotten into it. Well, that's awesome. And I think we need to thank our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, some of these, you know, scholastic gentlemen back in the day, Renaissance men that set out the course. I mean, you know, they, they were crazy readers too. Mm-hmm. And so for them, they had their own libraries because they were so well off, but I mean, they saw the value with having free, you know, res- uh, books at your disposal through, I think it originally started in university is where mm-hmm. it originally started, but yeah, then it, it slowly translated. And, um, I don't know all my library stats off the top of my head, Sean. So that is, we're going to have to call to look into that. Call me out. Call me out listeners. Uh, happy birthday, man. I know that's exciting. It's definitely going to be a great week, man. It's always good when you, when you have a birthday coming up, when you're it, in your, it is no, I'm but turning... you're 26, right? I'm turning 28. I'm turning 28. Uh, but Bad friend alert, but it's a, but it's a Saturday. I love having birthdays on weekends because I feel like it can be enjoyed more. The last four years has been in the middle of the week. And so this is, and it's also my golden birthday. I'm turning 28 on the 28th. So that's why I'm going all out for my birthday. So I'm I'm pretty excited. It's on a Saturday because there is going to be alcohol involved, but I'm doing it smart. I've been doing pretty good at keeping my alcohol uh, intake really low this month because I knew it's going to go pretty hard for my birthday. So trying to balance that out nice. and know that I'm going to hurt my body on Saturday. So I've been trying to, you know, put my body in peak shape before I start heavily Pre, drinking. Pre-game for the pre-game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my Body and Spirit by Sean Bennett. So, yeah, well, that's great, man. I hope you have a great time. Um, I mean, 28 years old, that's huge. I, for some reason I, and I did this last week, we were talking after and you were saying, Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got a birthday. And I was like, Oh, that's great. And now I know your birthday. So I'll never forget. Cause forever it's written on the tablets of podcast stone. Yep. But 
I I thought you were definitely over 30. And this time I undershot and said, you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just classic course correcting. Well, you know, what you were doing is you were interpolating. You went too high last week. You went too low this week. So you can bring it right in the middle next week. That's right. I'll never forget uh, <laughs> this year on your golden birthday, 28th on the 28th. You know, yep. it's great. I, I had a golden birthday when I was four. So that's, you know, my golden birthday kind of sucks. Yeah, when I when I told my parents it was my golden birthday, because I really just learned this was a thing earlier or uh, last year. I keep saying earlier this year, but it was last year. Uh, my dad was all butthurt because he t- his birthday's on the 18th. And so he's like, I missed my golden birthday. My whole family missed their golden birthdays. So it, it was, I'm like, man, that sucks. You guys didn't go all out when you could have. Ah, just <laughs> could have got, could have gone golden, but you didn't leave it to Shawnee <laughs> B. He'll handle it for you. Well, can't wait to hear how it all goes down um, on next week's episode. If you're even here, I mean, maybe you just need to, you'll, you'll complain. <laughs> no, you will be here. I will be listeners. Here. He's, he knows what he's doing, but tonight, before we get into our major, major event, the, the, the real nuts and bolts of what we're getting into tonight, the successful mindsets and the keys to it, we're going to go through everybody's favorite subject, which is social media. Listeners, if you've been enjoying the how to hobby podcast, Please leave us a five-star review wherever you're digesting your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Play. Give us a five-star and maybe even a follow, and you can get all of our content right into your inbox every single time it drops. We drop our content on Friday mornings every week, so you you have something to look forward to on Fridays. Um, We have a website as well, so How to Hobby Podcast dot com is our website and it's a great way to keep up with everything we have going on we put up pictures uh we're, we're starting off the year slow we haven't really put anything out there but you we do have a couple things you can peruse and some bios about us and some pictures of what we look like what we do and if you want to get a direct connect a direct connect into our inbox how to hobby podcast at gmail.com is our email. We'd love to hear from you directly. If you have any questions, concerns, and or some positive feedback for us, man, that would be appreciated. But we're just appreciating that you're here tonight. Thank you for listening. And yeah, Twitter, Instagram at how to hobby podcast. Simple as that. But without further ado, we're going to get into tonight's main event. We've talked about how to be more mindful. But tonight, we're going to set ourselves up for success in 2023. Now that we're paying attention, we've heard the cues. We've listened to our bodies, our minds, the connection that that is. And we're going to take our spirits to all new heights in 2023 with these keys to success. Sean, we're starting it off with mistakes and failures. We're going to follow that up with how to set some goals. And keeping yourself accountable once you do these two things is very important. And then we're going to end it off with how to have some fun, which you need to do every single day. We're all children in in men, 28-year-old bodies. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Men and and women in 28-year-old bodies. Uh, But before I get too crazy and Sean cuts me right off, 
and says, John, you're, you're done no more. Bring us into mistakes and failures. Our first point of the night, Sean. Yeah. So I, we really wanted to start the journey here with you guys for how to build successful mindsets, how to be successful and how to, you know, have fun doing it with the mistakes and failures section, mainly because it is the number one place where people lose motivation. Um, I've done this journey so many times and I've, I've lost some motivation. I've, you know, have a suck of goals. I wasn't keeping myself accountable because I hit a mistake and because I failed at something. And now these are kind of broad terms because they're a little different to everybody's failure to me. Isn't necessarily the same as failure to John or any of our listeners, but we're going to give you the overarching concepts of mistakes and failures, kind of with some of examples that John and I have had in some of our own hobby journeys, but you have to accept that they're going to happen. And you have to be able to recognize when they're happening, be mindful of how you're feeling when you are running into a mistake or a failure, and then how to pivot away from it to use it to your advantage. So it's incredibly helpful to be prepared. Think about what you're going to do ahead of time before you actually hit that mistake. And it can be something as simple as taking one screw off that you weren't supposed to. That was me. Working on my current air compressor uh, rebuild that I'm doing. I bought a used one. For any listeners who don't know, I bought a used air compressor off Facebook Marketplace. The guy said it didn't work. My goal was to take it apart, clean it, strip it, put it back together, and try to figure out why it wasn't working and make it working. I still don't have it actually compressing air yet, but I'm almost there. And one of the mistakes that really hindered the project is I took one screw off that I shouldn't have. And this one screw, I know, this one screw was holding together the entire trigger assembly for the air compressor to tell it when to turn on and when to turn off when the air compressor hits or when the, the air hits a certain PSI in the tank. Now, the reason, and if anyone's out there has ever done this, you'll be laughing at me. The reason is there are two very, very carefully timed balanced springs and when you when you take that screw off and it loses tension on that screw both springs go flying to one side or the other and the whole assembly falls apart and now i'm looking at a handful of parts they don't know how they work trying to figure out how does this flip that now i've got two springs i have to connect and it was a nightmare and it was one of those things where i i saw it happen as it was happening and it was too late to do anything about it and i looked at i said out loud to the universe did that really just happen (laughs) and and i knew that by making this one mistake i had added hours hours to this project having to figure out how to rebuild this freaking pressure switch that was into this and that was something that i could have just said look i'm done screw the project i can't do this anymore but i took some time and i actually laughed I laughed, John. I laughed at myself (laughs) for not paying attention. I laughed at the situation. I laughed at the universe. I just laughed at everything. I said, this is too hilarious to not use this as an example for myself for the next time I go to do something like this. Pay attention more next time before you take all the screws off of something. And so that's a a small example of just a, a mistake I made. And instead of letting it ruin the whole project... I was prepared for screwing up somehow. It's going to happen. I'm human. And I said, let's twist this. Let's make it funny. Let's use this as a learning opportunity. So that that's just a small example of mistake. I'll I'll get into a a 
little bit of a bigger failure in another project that I had. But John, do you relate to this mistake at all and going through the mistake process when you're doing a hobby? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, this is this is wonderful. I think the fact that you're talking out loud really portrays the how we all feel. And it sounds crazy. I mean, it, it really does. But these are the things you want to really do, I think, and and kind of have this internal dialogue, external dialogue, potentially like physical. Really, did this just happen? And I think it's funny because these things happen, you know, now that I have kids, I'm making mistakes all the time. And there and there are potential mistakes that that you you're trying to avoid and near misses that you're like, Oh, wow, this is, you know, it's amazing that that didn't happen. You kind of think, you know, say things out loud, but <laughs> yeah, I think we're always having an internal dialogue and definitely I like what you said about not letting it ruin the experience. And I think that'll kind of move me right into my most recent mistake. I mean, it just happened. And I sort of hinted at it last week on the, on the well, I mentioned it last week on the episode, but I one of my goals for this coming year is I want to spend more time in the mountains um, around Phoenix, where where I live currently, just because we don't know how long we're going to be here, and you just never know. I mean, there, life is crazy. I never thought I'd be here, and now I don't know how how long I'll be here. So I want to enjoy it. Is really where I'm at. And so I went out and spent some time on a local mountain range called South Mountain. And I've ridden the mountain before, this track that we were riding. The part that one, the first mistake I made on the day, and these things happen when you have as many inputs as we have with kids and trying to get, my wife is getting her workout in. So I'm like prepping with the kids around me, my gear and mountain biking is just one of those things it's like surfing where there's a lot of things you got to remember and so you know take the wheel off and don't run it over my buddy just did that i'm not joking um (laughs) on his way out he left his wheel hanging out on the the back of his car and ran it over and those again like these things happen to us dads it's sad but it's it's true like you just oh i got the bike in or i got it on the rack okay cool time to drive away (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't do that one, but I forgot my gloves and gloves when mountain biking are very important because of how much the bike is moving around when you're going downhill. And as you're even going uphill, you're, you're doing a lot of up and, and down and, and, and all around motion. And so your hands get really take a beating. Um, and I've had my hands without gloves get kind of like raw, rub raw blisters, that sort of thing. But this time, uh, I forgot the gloves and said, okay, I'm going to go. And so I'm riding. And this was the part of the trail that I had done before. And unfortunately, it was my favorite part of the trail. Uh, And that was probably leads into why I got so excited. Listeners, I'm a, a very hyper rider and athlete when it comes to my hobbies. So, and really anything. Uh, Sean seen me on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> um, so I, I just, you know, I like to get loose a little bit in everything I do and it's just who I am and mountain, this mountain bike moment was no exception. And my buddy was behind me and I just, you know, I really took off. I was like this, I, I looked back and I said, this is my favorite part. And I just took off and just was 
gunning it down the mountain. And it like literally the very top, I just put the bike down and completely kinked. Well, so scratched my whole left side of my leg all the way up to the hip. And then put my hand, of course, I also had my hand down to brace myself to kind of like keep myself from continuing to slide down the mountain and cut myself because these rocks are really sharp. And uh, yeah, my hand just got absolutely chewed up. Um, and so it's been a little bit of a of a mistake. Now, I will say, listeners, th- and this is what I even told my buddy. He was like, he came down, he's like, wow, that was crazy. I didn't even see that. That's it. Cause these things happen so fast, mm-hmm. but you know, it took a moment. I, again, keep that handkerchief in the backpack. I'm telling you listeners, I said it last week. Again, you got to keep it that I have been cut up on the mountain so many times. And I always used to wonder why do people carry handkerchiefs? Now I know for blood, that's it. <laughs> well, blood, sweat, and tears and <laughs> snot, but <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, got up collected myself, continued down the mountain, and we still finished the route we had set out. I didn't go back to the car. I pushed through. Now, again, thankfully, I wasn't more hurt. You can be more hurt, but this was still a failure. This is my favorite part of the trail. I didn't have gloves on, so I didn't have the proper protection. So my earlier mistake made for an even you know less exciting mistake, and I'm still dealing with it, unfortunately. It's been, it's getting better but the healing connection is, is struggling. So anyway, that was my first mistake of 2023. And, uh, I'm definitely happy. I will say I'm happy that I got back on the bike, stood back up and continue. I rode actually really well the rest of the time. So that was good. Oh, good. Because you, you had that adrenaline dump too. So everything you were, you know, now really amped and you were excited and, you know, you survived one fall. Uh, I find that when I used to skateboard, it was always the first fall got the jitters out of the way. And then you felt more prepped for, you know, like I'm more confident. I don't think I'm going to fall again because I've gotten it out of the way. So, uh, but is, is this your first fall on your mountain bike or have you had other falls? Uh, I wish this was my first fall. fall. I will actually put a, we can do, put a link to my first ever fall on my mountain bike. Uh, I have it on video. It's, it's on GoPro. It's on my YouTube channel. So we can put that link in the show notes for all you guys to enjoy me falling and having my first fall. And actually it's funny enough. I did the same thing. I fell in the exact same way as I did then. That was a pretty intense fall too. Um, but again, it's it's part of the game, unfortunately. I know I, I have learned how to fall through my bouts with skateboarding and various forms of falling um, <laughs> activities, I guess I should say. But yeah, skateboarding helped the most uh, to kind of give me get because mm-hmm. you really it is an art form I, I i don't like i don't it's you need to be athletic you need to be able to really kind of get away from whatever apparatus is trying to take you down so the bottom line here sean is falling is in, an important skill to understand and it does keep you safe it sounds silly 
But if you do it well, it can get you out of situations that otherwise can be more detrimental to your overall health. And But again, the unfortunate thing about the falling aspect is you learn a lot of that as a younger person. Uh-huh. And now that I'm older, I can't take the impacts <laughs> as well as I used to. So it's not like I'm going out there trying to fall. And not that anybody ever is, but you know, if you haven't ever been used to it or your body, I, I don't know, there, there's definitely a, a, a learning curve and, and a growth rate for it. So there, there definitely is. Cause I remember <laughs> falling as a kid, like when I was a teenager, you know, like that, that 13 to 16, when I was riding a skateboard, a lot of the time, um, I actually 16, the summer I turned 16 was the first summer I got my car and I spent the entire summer skateboarding because all my friends lived in the neighborhood. So I didn't have a reason to drive yet, but I got a car from my grandpa. So I had one, but I didn't have a reason to use it. But yeah, we fell a lot and you learn, it's a lot easier to just bounce off the ground when you're a teenager versus trying to, uh, do it as an adult. So, uh, it can be, it can be a painful one. So, well, thanks for, for telling us about your fall. And I, I hope, are are you healing well, or is it, is it how, how bad are we talking? Appreciate the uh, concern. Uh, I am, I'm healing well, Sean. I, I think all things considered my hand, it's the worst part, but there's still positives. It's the meaty part of my hand. Um, it's hard because part of the fall happen where your hand has a lot of movement that takes place. Go figure. Uh, cause there's so much dexterity within the different joints. So it, it takes these injuries and I've had them in the past do take maybe, you know, two weeks, two and a half weeks to, to really, but I I'm feeling better today, actually a lot better. Good. The pain is not as intense. You kind of have Good. to break it up the scabbing, like, we can talk engineering all day, but man, dude, the body does it all. Like it's insane how much tension it was putting on all of my hand as it was Mm -hmm. bringing everything back together. (laughs) You could just see it. And then I, as I was breaking it up, like the scab would get broken because my hand moves and then, you know, you relieve the tension, but as everything was pulling together, it actually like hurts. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Cells are it's Woo! wild. It's wild. Now, are you going to let this fall stop you from biking again? Or are you going to oh. get back out there and do it? Okay, good. Come on, man. I've already been, I, I have already, I've still been riding to work uh, throughout this. I don't, I'm not going to let it keep me down. I mean, you can, good. you can make it through these things and the love for the sport is always going to, going to push you through. I mean, people could take, people have taken way worse We'll, we'll nerd out. I'll show you a crash that happened last year that I can barely watch. It's that bad. And the guy can still is planning on riding and doing some crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're not squeamish, we can nerd out after this. (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, (laughs) well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're healing and I'm glad you're not going to let it, you know, stop you from getting out there again. Um, I think it's important when you have these mistakes, like we've said a couple of times, you you have to look at it in a positive light, learn from it, take a lesson. And, you know, that's really why we wanted to start here for how to successful, how to build successful mindsets is it's important to know that you're going to have mishaps and that's totally okay. And the last example we're going to set for tonight actually plays really well into our next topic. Um, I actually had a failure, like a real failure, failure as in I failed a class. Um, about two years ago, I got incredibly gung ho about wanting to get into motorcycle riding. 
and uh, I Sean, you, you don't know, fail at anything. I'm, I, I can't believe that you're actually saying this tonight. I know. I I this shit failed. Like they pulled me aside and said, "You did not pass. Uh, you can try again, but you you've got to go home." Uh, I I really got wanting to be a motorcycle rider. Did the research, went to the store to look at helmets and clothes and like all of the stuff that you do once you have the bike. And I hadn't even taken the the, oh, the yeah. test get, yet get to the get clothes. my bike. You gotta now, get the clothes. The safety. Now, <laughs> now because I uh didn't have a bike to learn on, I wanted to take a class. The California Highway Patrol has a class that you can take classroom and on a bike time and that voids you from having to take the behind the wheel test at the dmv so you can just apply and get your motorcycle license well i took this class failed it miserably i mean i almost <laughs> dropped the bike i uh completely i i mean i i gunned it when i shouldn't have the guy had to yell at me to slow down like it was it was bad from start to finish and i finished the class and the guy pulls me aside and he says, hey, I'm just letting you know you didn't pass the class. You can try again. You'll need to call. Yeah, yeah, they'll give you a discount. And then just kind of says, all right, you know, have a good day. And I remember. And don't take the bike. Give it back. Don't take the bike. <laughs> and I remember sitting in my car. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is this is what you're not supposed to do. I okay. remember sitting in my car just tears streaming down oh. my face, just heartbroken because I was so confident going into this and I had, I had set myself up like I'm going to pass this class. And then I failed it and I couldn't accept that I had failed at something. And I sat there and I cried and I was just distraught. It was like my world was ending all because I failed this class and looking wow. back on it. I recognize that in that moment, that is the reaction I needed because it's the only reaction I knew at the time. Now I've taken that experience and I've learned from it. But in that moment, I was just crushed. And looking back on it, the reason I was crushed and the reason that I failed the class, I mean, really the reason I failed the class is I did not set my goals accurately. I did not start small. And this is important with goals you cannot just jump from zero to a hundred. You have to start small. Mm. I decided I wanted to get my motorcycle license. I hadn't ridden a bike in <laughs> seven years. And I'm just going to jump straight into a motorcycle class with no experience. I haven't been on a two-wheel vehicle in, it was probably close to six or seven years. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't ask any questions. I didn't watch any YouTube videos. I didn't read anything. I just said, no, I'm just going to pay $300 for this class and go take it. And I failed miserably because how, wow. how, why did I expect myself to do well? What was I thinking? And it's mm. because I jumped so far ahead of where I should have. Really, what I should have done is said, I need to start small. Let me spend a week watching YouTube videos on how you ride motorcycles. Then the next week, mm. I, you know, check that box. Read a couple of books, magazines, something, talk, or or even the week after that, talk to somebody or any of my friends. Do they ride motorcycles? Do they have any advice? Can I come to their house and do a little, yeah. you know, circle? Go to a backyard? parking lot. I go to a parking lot. I mean, you know, I mean, some of our coworkers at, you know, Agilis, when we were together there, John, uh, they even offered one of the guys that lives out in Ramona said, we have dirt bikes. You can come out to my place and ride dirt bikes with my kids and learn how to ride a motorcycle. Nope. Didn't do that. I just jumped straight into, I'm going to take this class. And 
I completely skipped to the most important step of goals is if you're just starting something, if you're just starting a new hobby, you're just starting a new goal, or you're, you're starting like you want to do something, you're starting a new task, whatever it is, you have to start small. And this goes into a couple of physical reasons and psychological reasons. Realistically, psychologically, we need wins to stay motivated. If you start small and you get an easy win, you're more likely to go to the next small goal and get that easy win and go to the next small goal and get that easy win. And once you have three, four, five of these easy wins under your belt, it's so much easier to go tackle the large project, the big jump, because you've built in your mind, I can do this. I can succeed. I can do the things I want to do. You got to start small. So mm. for me, for this air compressor, I knew that the project from start to finish was going to be a massive undertaking. So I said, let me start small. For the first week, I'm going to do nothing than take everything apart and clean it. That's all I have to do. And when I was done with that, I set everything to the side. And I said, I can't touch this project until next week because I had met my goal. I had done what I wanted to do. And I said, okay, next week, let's put mm. it back together. Week after that, let's see if we can get it working. Week after that, let's use it. Doing those, setting those small goals for myself allowed me to keep momentum and keep moving. So yeah. you've got to start small. And then the, the, the thing that you don't realize in setting starting small is you're making your goals realistic too. So, you know, I, I've made the mistake of, like I said, not starting small, but also having very unrealistic goals, even if it was small might've been unrealistic. You know, the classic, I got to lose a hundred pounds or I got to gain a hundred pounds or I got to make a hundred K or I got to get my motorcycle license, whatever it is. If you jump too far, it is so unrealistic. You have no chance of succeeding. You're going to fail. You're going to lose motivation. You're never going to come back to it. So wow. yeah, you've got to start small and make them realistic. Now, John, do you agree with these? And do you, you know, have you seen this work for yourself in these, these skills? I just want to say, you know, this is, this is unbelievable value tonight, Sean. I think the listeners are going to be unbelievable. They're going to be pinching themselves with, <laughs> with just Sean delight. They're going to be like, what in the world? This man just poured his heart and his soul. I mean, you're literally in your car, you know, just distraught because you failed something. And I think a lot of people have those situations, but they're not willing to actually see and learn again. And this goes back to our mindfulness episode. You had such a, at, at the moment, you were so out of touch with what you needed to do, with mm -hmm. what you, how you needed to approach the problem. Yep. And us being engineers, we're kind of like, we're kind of problem solvers. We like to come in and, and solve the problem. And sometimes that leads to a false sense of pride and just yep. you're all puffed up and it sounds a little bit like you know and again this is common listeners what sean just laid out it's we've talked about it in the past and this is like one of our common threads about why we love hobbies in general why we started this show because it shows they the hobbies themselves and the goals that we take on show us the importance of discipline and how to make more realistic choices, but also take chances. And you you took a chance, Sean. You didn't you didn't not go for it, right? You were mm -hmm. doing everything that probably the world would tell you to do. And again, I think when you get really excited about a new thing, 
you go right to the store like you did. You go yep. right, you're like, I gotta I gotta drop. Not only am I dropping the 300 on the class, I'm already, I know what bike I'm gonna get. <laughs> I'm buying the stuff. Yep. And I've already dropped like, you know, three grand on my gear because I just want to look good. And that is kind of what I'm against in in almost every hobby scape. Listeners, don't fall for the trap of you gotta like look the part to do it well. That's such baloney. I mean, if you think about what people did back in the day, just take backpacking, for instance. Our fathers and, and grandfathers were, were out there in the woods with nothing but cans and and <laughs> metal bags, like metal frame bags with like maybe a little bit of nylon and some really terrible winter gear. And they were just making it happen. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't, get you excited about really everything you could do. I mean, I started riding my bike with a pair of, and Sean, I think we both did the same thing. I got yep. the bike that was a hand-me-down first. I think maybe I, I know, yeah, I got, got it given to me because I, I showed an interest and a friend gave me a bike. And then I was just riding in workout shorts and in an athletic tee. You know, I didn't have any, any of the, the pedigree stuff that, you see, and again, cycling is like a really bad example of stuff that makes you look cool. Yep. It's like now as a cyclist, the stuff that I think looks really cool is like just arrow and spandex. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, I would never wear that in a million years. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty funny. But again, if you get really into it, oh, I got to get that spandex, man. I got to do it. Don't get the spandex first, listeners, please. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's true. I had researched. I knew the bike I wanted to buy before I'd even signed up for the class to get my license. That's how backwards I was in how unrealistic I was tackling this problem. I wasn't saying mm-hmm. what's one step, the next step, the next step. I said, oh, I'm going to get that easy. Let's just go ahead and jump ahead. I was literally bike shopping. I already knew the bike I wanted, the gear I wanted. I had already started budgeting for it. I had set everything aside. And I think that's why the failure in the class hit me so hard because it was like it had ripped that uh, dream away from me. I had sent so much effort into once I had it instead of doing the work to prepare for it. Mm -hmm. And so I just took it so hard and it was a hard lesson to learn. Wow. Yeah, no, I couldn't imagine, man. I mean, again- we, especially today, again, we really can immerse ourselves in a very short time into something and an idea of who we are going to be. And and you got to be so careful with those things. I'm, I'm so happy you brought this one up because I really think it does perfectly encapsulate, um, you know, mine was not a failure. Mine was just a mistake. This, this is a failure. You actually mm-hmm. were given a fail on something. And yep. those are the hardest things to understand. When you actually get given that, oh, that gut punch and <laughs> and you bounce back. Now, again, I, I do have to ask you, like you asked me, are, do you have plans to go back and conquer the bike? I do. Um, I haven't tackled them yet, um, but I do have plans to go back. Uh, doing the class gave me some time to think back of why I was doing it. And I don't think I was doing it because I really wanted to. It's you, I wanted to look cool. I wanted to... Yeah to do it you know so that yeah it gave me that chance to sit back and realize my motivation for it mm. but i will go back and i will get my license and i will get a motorcycle because 
I want to do it. I want to show myself that I can. And I do think it would be fun. Yeah. And I'm not going to let this just completely kill it for the rest of my life. But, you know, it was an eye-opening experience for me. So wow. uh, I, I'm glad I did it. I, I, in the moment, wished I hadn't. But looking back, I'm really glad that I did because it also showed me who my friends and family were when I failed that. And I was able to reach out to somebody and be like, hey, I'm really struggling. I just failed this. I feel like a failure. And I was able to sit on the phone for a half hour and she was able to help calm me down and bring me back. And so I'm glad I did it, but it really sucked at the time. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's great, man. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I actually didn't know this story listeners. So I'm learning, right. That's the beauty of this forum and the podcast, you know, Sean, again, I appreciate you being transparent and being willing to give something that's again, actually valuable. I mean, this is a piece of something that happened and we've had failures listeners. This is just one of many for me. We don't have time to go through every single one of them. It's just impossible, but I'm really happy, Sean, that this is the way, or this is the one we chose to to kind of look at because it was something that happened in the in the mo- in the more recent again I don't know the exact time frame but you had enough you know ability to do it I've never had the ability financially to kind of go out and pursue some of these things that are more uh, well there's a cost associated with with mm-hmm. getting it yep. all done whether it's trying to get gun certified or or riding a motorcycle like that's on my list too like I would like to ride a motorcycle at some point. I think it'd be a really fun way to experience the country. And and I hope that maybe one day me and you can both mm-hmm. maybe take a trip up up the highway one or something. You know, a nice easy road that's safe for motorcycles and you can just cruise and enjoy good company and and cheap gas. Well not cheap gas, but <laughs> good, good gas good mileage. mileage. <laughs> They'll never be cheap gas again. No, come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and 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 uh SDG and E gas, but we won't get into that. No. <clears throat> Lame. Um, so yeah, some of the things we also wanted to we talked to now we've gone through just to recap here, listeners, so you're staying in tune. The mistakes and failures we've had. Sean went through his failure and also talked through what he's learned, the goals that and the goal techniques that he now uses when he's tackling an issue uh sorry not an issue well it could be an issue or a hobby mm-hmm. so a challenge a challenge of some sort a challenge that's the word i'm looking for a challenge but there is also some more tools in the tool belt and this is where we'll kind of tailor it towards the landing of the plane here keeping yourself accountable is very important when it comes to having a goal right so at this point Maybe we've had some failures. Maybe we've had some mistakes and we've set new goals for the year. Like coming into 23, everybody's got new goals. I mean, I've got plenty. We can walk through those at a later date. I'm sure Sean's got plenty. Um, and we just found out too tonight. Like we'd both like to ride bikes someday, motorcycles at some point together. So that's a new goal, shared goal. But keeping yourself accountable Actually, what we're doing right now, communicating about some of these things, the failures, the mistakes, and the wins. I love that you brought up the wins, Sean, um, for the starting small when it comes to setting goals, because we do need wins. And and what I've always said and my, how my mom always put it was, you got 
you got to take little bites of the elephant before the whole elephant can be tackled. Mm-hmm. And and that is so true in my everyday career. I mean, I do that constantly. I have little checklists. All right, get this done. And I do, I've been doing the same thing you do where I get something done and I put it down. Yep. And if it's not working out, I also put it down because another thing we want to avoid listeners as professionals is spinning our wheels. And I, yes, I do mean professional hobbyists. You can be a highly skilled hobbyist. And part of that is knowing what to do and when to do it and how to do it and spinning your wheels in any context, whether it's professionally or in a hobby is not something that we need to be doing because it just creates a downward spiral for our mind. Yep. So let's cut that out and communicate like Sean did calling up a friend saying, if we have issues, if I feel like I'm not meeting my goal or I'm failing something, being able to communicate with somebody is that lifeline to that fellowship, that mindset, that mindfulness technique that we talked about last week. You can't do it alone. You can't. You absolutely can't. And the other portion of communicating with friends, family, which is loved ones of any sort, is it helps keep you accountable in that you now can't just give up on it because you now have other people who are going to ask you about it. You know, when there's something I'm going to do and I'm I'm starting to second guess, like, am I really going to do this? Can I hold myself accountable? I'll just tell my mom. I'll be like, you know what? Mom, guess what? I am going to be taking this docent class. I'm going to be becoming a trail guide, right? Because what it does is not only am I now physically saying it out loud, which helps mm. build excitement, builds interest. You're like, oh my God, this is real. It makes it a realistic goal. I now have her sitting there going, hey, how was class yesterday? Or are you, how are you feeling about this program? It keeps me accountable and saying, I can't just give up on this anymore because somebody else is now invested in my goal, in my task I'm trying to complete. And that can sometimes be so helpful. I mean, there have been so many things where I literally have only been able to move to the next task because I know I'm going to be guilt tripped by somebody if I don't. And no, is that the healthiest? No, but it can help you. And then you move on to the next thing. You're, oh my God, I checked that off. And you start to get excited again. So lean on the people around you, communicate, say your goals out loud and use them as an accountability check to make sure you're actually going to do what you say you're going to do. That's right. And the other big thing here is not only saying it out loud, but writing it down in a physical place. It's so important. It really does kind of lay down a lot of the anxiety associated with having so many thoughts in your mind all the time regarding a big task or a goal, something about writing it down and then making a checklist uh, uh, in, in the design world, we call it like a design checklist or a, you know, the various ways that you are going a roadmap of, of some sort that's going to lay out for yourself, how you're going to get from point A to point B with regards to that specific thing. And sometimes the logistics are difficult, but that's how you can then start to pick off the low hanging fruit and move your way higher up the tree. And this is just part of what we do every single day as humans. I mean, we are taking in inputs and forming an output based on that data. And so writing down data points is very important to successfully keeping yourself on the right track 
knowing that you're making progress in a meaningful way. And again, you can physically look back. That's the best part. You could turn the page back over and see, oh yeah, I did this. Look at how many things I just went through my last year. I went through an entire notebook of checklist, checklisted notebook of Mm -hmm. all the things that I'd done. And 95% of that book was all, all done. Yep. It's, and that's a physical reminder. Yep. It's such a good feeling to be able to see what you've accomplished. Um, I do it a little differently. So I will, I like more of a temporary uh, checklist. So I don't write things down. I don't know why. I've tried so many different ways to do this in my life. And from notebooks to Google tasks, to putting them in Google calendars, writing on my computer, I've tried so many ways for me. I like the temporariness of being able to reshuffle things and put things higher. And if I want to remember what I've done, I can take a picture. Mm. I really wanted a whiteboard. I was like, oh my God, I need to get a whiteboard, right? I need to go buy one at Walmart or Costco. I need to find somewhere to put it up in my room. And now I'm starting to go, oh God, now this is a lot of work. I'm looking at extra costs. And I was talking with with my therapist about this and she looks at me and goes, do you have a mirror in your house? Yeah. That's a whiteboard. <laughs> She's like, the whiteboard markers will work on mirrors. Just go to Walmart, get a dollar or less than a dollar ninety-nine cent store. Go get a whiteboard marker, and you have a whiteboard. You have a mirror, and I have two full-length mirrors in my room because they are the doors to my closet. Every day, I put motivational quotes at the top of it. I put checklists. I physically check boxes off. I have a color code because I bought like four different colored markers. Color code for what's easier to harder. What I've done. It is so cathartic to actually Ooh. wake up every day, read a quote. Uh, you know, mine that I have at the top of mine is "It's a good day, don't f it up." Um, <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be alive, don't f it up. I love that quote. And I wake up every morning, I read it, I have checklists. It's amazing. I got a calendar for myself that I actually have pinned to my wall. I'm using that to write things down, check days off, feel like I'm accomplishing tasks. It is so helpful to, to write things down. We're so obsessed now with typing everything into our phones or everything into our computers or taking videos or selfies or whatever. But we have forgotten what it means to actually write something down and check it off. It is so satisfying and keeps you motivated to do stuff. So please, if you've got stuff out there, write it down write something on your mirror, go get a whiteboard marker, whatever it is, write your goals down and check them off. And and a secondary point to it, Sean, great. I love it. I think what you're saying, I mean, just having, I have a whiteboard at work and it's great just to be able to have that temporary. Mm-hmm. But but additionally, I think one of the big sub points here that that I love is the fact that you're taking that, again, that thought and that issue that you might be having with a buildup of surplus of information, information overload, you're able to dump some of that onto a a place. Yep. And and let some of that stress go. And that's really for me has been what I've seen as a as a pro here. And so I'm so glad we're on the same same wavelength. Uh let's finish off with a with a nice little ender here. Yeah. And this is this is the the creme de la creme. We 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 let off with it and we kind of joked a little bit, but this is very important listeners. Having fun with what you're doing. I tonight dance with my kids before bed because 
what am I, what, you know what? You could, you could be a, a, I could choose to be super low energy because I just worked a full day or I could spend the two hours of meaningful time with my kids to the best of my ability. And there's something, there was a release, Sean, to that having fun and, and kind of just keeping that young energy alive. My kids mm-hmm. have made me want to feel more young and and kind of keep in touch with that part of you that wants to get trampled. Now that I'm post 30, it's just it's just like a Buffalo Bill coming in, coming into the station. Yeah, it, it's super important to have fun and and just just general have fun in life. I mean, like that is so important to focus on having fun, but it's also important when you're trying to tackle specific goals or your hobby or whatever it is to have fun with it. Even in the moments where you're struggling or you're like, I really am so upset. It's just, I'm struggling. This is annoying, whatever it is. Try and sit back and have fun. I know I've talked about it a couple of times, air compressor, Right. I have been struggling with that project because every time I turn a wrench or do whatever, something breaks, something jams, whatever it is. Like it has been a pain in my butt since I started, you know, the other day Sorry. I was really, really, str- I know it's, it's, it's so frustrating. Can't the wait till you was, finish I, this thing. I want a picture. I, know. I, I will. A video. A video HD. of it working. Yes, uh, yes. You know, I was struggling. I couldn't get the screw to fit back in and I was ready to just like throw something across the room. I was so over it. And I have my workstation set up outside in the backyard. And so I just sat there. I, I was standing. I sat in my chair. I looked up. There were a couple birds in the tree. I decided, you know what? I'm going to relax. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and see how can I have fun with this. And then it became, how can I turn this mistake, this frustration into being fun? And so now that screw that I was struggling with, now I'm like, you know what? Let's intentionally try and see how can I make this more interesting. Now, now I'm going to do it with my left hand. I've got to do this upside down and we're going to laugh at myself while I struggle with this. And you know what? I got it to work because I was trying something different than what I was doing before that clearly wasn't working. So in everything, it is so important to have fun. Consider it a game, all of your hobbies, all of the these struggles, these mistakes, the failures, the successes, everything you have, consider this a game. It's a game against yourself. It's a game against the universe. It's a game against everything because there's so many ways and reasons to just give up and struggle and say, I can't do this anymore. Consider it a game to keep yourself accountable. Consider it a game to keep yourself interested. Consider it a game to keep yourself active. Like It is so much fun to be able to pick something up, check a box, fail at something, move on, learn, become better, become stronger, become whatever it is. It is a game to become a better version of yourself on a daily basis. So please, if you guys have any suggestions for other ways in which you guys keep successful mindsets or you push really hard to work through adversity or through struggles, please send them our way. John mentioned our email and our our social media at the beginning of the podcast, but life is about having fun. Life is about being successful and finding meaning in everything that you do. So uh, please, mistakes and failures, they're going to happen. Set realistic goals that you can actually tackle. Keep yourself accountable. Communicate, write stuff down, and have fun. That's right. Sean, well done tonight. You are on another level. I love it. And this is 2023. We are here to stay on the platform How to Hobby. We hope you've enjoyed our content tonight as sean said please reach out to us with any 
of your feedback that you may have. And please leave a five-star review wherever you're digesting this once again. We hope you tune in next time. Again, we put out a new episode every Friday morning on the dot in the AM. So you're ready to digest another just value-packed episode. Sean, great job tonight. And listeners, you know where to find us at the How to Hobby Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Hobby Podcast. We hope you enjoyed what you've heard. And if you did, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review and or follow us wherever you digest your podcast. We'll catch you next time. And wherever you are, we wish you the best. Thanks for listening.